Good evening. First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you to Calvary Bible Church, and thank you to so many of you sitting in these pews. You have helped to create and make the vision that God gave us to save lives and to change lives in this country because of your support. And so we want to say thank you. This ministry battles for physical and spiritual lives daily, and we covet your prayers. Three years ago, like Pastor Rob said, we started, and we did not know. We could not even begin to imagine what we were walking into. We thought we did, and the realities hit us. When you, get, when you train in the battlefield or for the battlefield, you don't understand what you're going to go or meet when you get there. And then you get on the ground. And the realities of it hit you. And so we've had to adjust. We've had to make some changes. The struggles have been real. And sometimes you think to yourself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But each day he's shown us signs that we're where we are and doing what he wants us to do. So three years, our ministry has grown. We started in Pastor Lee's office, and we moved up now to a new building. And so we have bigger offices. We have better facilities to be able to help more persons coming through our doors. In 2016, our daughter joined us, and she took over the prevention arm of our ministry. She has been sharing in schools, churches, and other organizations about the value of trusting God's word in life choices. She also uses her story as an example. She has spoken with more than 2,000 students since 2016. She has also taken over most of the administration, creating our marketing materials, and trained volunteers. These are just a few of the things she's done. Unfortunately, we'll be losing her in July. She moves to the States and will be getting married. So if you would help me, this will be the last time in a corporate setting that we'd get this chance to say thank you. So thank you. The other thing that we could not imagine is that God would take this local mission and make it global. Last year, I traveled to Uganda, and we worked with three churches. We did a women's conference and a youth conference. I'm supposed to travel there again in June. I would be serving nine churches and traveling to some rural villages. They wanted me to travel to Rwanda, Kenya, and Ethiopia, but I have to return to the States for checkup for my clusters and for my daughter's wedding. This trip to Africa will be ongoing mission from now on every summer. Pray for us that God provides those funds to get us there. Take a moment and watch the next video with me, please. God is a prayer of life. A Bible says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I stepped you apart. Jeremiah 1.5 for you were created my envelope's being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works is wonderful. 
I know that full well. My brain was not hidden from you, and now it's made in a secret place. And now it's thrown together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes are my unformed body. All the days ordained for me was written in your book, for one of them came to be. Now I'm one thirty-nine, fourteen from sixteen. For I know the plans I have for you, cares the Lord. Plans prepared for you, for not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven. Just tune in with your ears. That sound is the heart beat. Each one of us. If you stop and put your hand on your chest, you can hear your heartbeat. The heart begins to beat in every single one of us. Twenty-two days. Twenty-two days. A woman doesn't even know she's pregnant at twenty-two days. Most abortions aren't happening at twenty-two days. God's word is clear on authorship of life and his plan. From Genesis, he showed us. His plan is not for evil, but for good. Abortion is truly not God's plan. 22 days. Think about that. Each one in this room, that's when your heart started to beat. It couldn't even be detected on an ultrasound machine. 22 days. Really, really think about that. We all know that when they tell us that a life ends, it's when it flatlines. What flatlines? Not the brain stems, the heartbeat. That's when they determine that we die or our life has ended. What I want you to think about that is that if that child's heartbeat begins at 22, and God said for each one of you in here that he had a plan for you, He has the same types of plan for that child too. That's why abortion is not God's choice. The same troubles that you might have, that child might have in its life too. But either we believe we have a big God or we don't. You see, some people might say, well, they're going to grow up poor. They're going to be in a bad situation. God is able. God is able. Who are we to determine that we take that life because we believe? Doesn't the Bible say that nobody knows what the future holds? Yes. Okay. So how do we determine that we know what's coming based on the current circumstances of that person? We have become little gods in our own eyes and made these determinations. This is serious stuff. Let me share with you some of the encounters that we have had, a few of them. A 74-year-old woman says she's had multiple abortions. She proceeds to say she was raped by her uncle from the time when she was 11. She had no one to tell. 
a 14-year-old girl kicked out of her mother's house because she's pregnant. She's taken in by some family members. She has the child, enters a marriage at 20. She's beaten daily. Her son grows up jaded and hateful. A 13-year-old high school girl gets caught in the bathroom of school with a boy. Her parents, who are Christian, takes her home and beats her, but don't have a conversation. Another 15-year-old is told that if you show pregnant, I will beat it out of you. Again, Christian parents. A 22-year-old reaches out to us over social media and says she came across our site. She is lost and wants an abortion. We meet, love on her. She chooses life. She accepts Christ. Another 22-year-old comes to us just before she had her second child. She is hardworking and eager to learn. And fortunately, the father of the baby says she needs to do what he says or he won't help her. She does not tell us until she is pregnant again five months later. And she's already began an abortion by pills. It is too late to reverse the abortion. I take her to the hospital. I sit with her, making sure she gets necessary care. I work with her. She chooses life. A 65-year-old woman, a leader in her church, has been assaulted. She's had three abortions. She doesn't understand why she can't fully serve because she's not had post-abortion recovery. And so we walk her through that. I'll share with you what she shared with us afterwards. One of the things that I think about as I've seen all of these things is the words we use. A lot of times people say, well, isn't abortion good because that unplanned parent, that unplanned pregnancy, that child doesn't want it. That's not true. That's not true. Somebody wants that child. Right in this particular room, we have adoptive parents. Think about this, guys. It's right here. The mother may not be in a situation to assist or help that child, but somebody else is. Somebody who probably can't have a child. So we have to change the conversation. We have to change the words we used. That child can be loved by somebody. There are so many other stories, but the deepest need for all of them is the love of God. Just as the woman at the well and the woman caught in adultery, they, like us, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No child is unwanted. No person chooses to be used and thrown away. A child under 16 years of age cannot give consent. So those young ladies, 14, 15, 11, see, in this country, we don't call it what it is. It's rape. We don't prosecute. We need to change these things. Until we change these things, we'll keep seeing these things happening. Remember, the first lady, she's 74 years old. This has been going on for a very long time. Very long time. No one chooses to be poor and destitute. Despair keeps people lost, but the love of Christ brings them hope. An unplanned pregnancy is not the end of life. A baby changes everything. And God can use a child's life to change the path that someone is on. A child adopted 
brings love to her parents and those around her. A young woman choosing life for her child should not be shunned but embraced. That precious child can bring many families together. And God can use that child. He can use that child. It's up to us to make that difference and to help them. In this country, many persons are living realities that you and I could never imagine. No running water, no electricity, outhouses, cyclic, destructive family dynamics. Many women in this country have had three or more abortions. That shocked me. Remember I said when we got on the ground, we did not know what we were walking into? By the time as we started to do the surveys and speak with persons, most people, that was their story. It's hard because sometimes it's shocking and you don't know what to do. Abortion is illegal in this country, but there's a huge loophole. And those women are hurting. Think about it. Most of us in here, the women, we're mothers. Think about that. If you hurt your child, imagine the soul pain, the deep pain that you'll experience, even your fathers. That's why they need Christ. Next slide for me, please, Andrew. There's so much pain in our country. Many people need a crisis that will lead them to opportunity, to opportunity to encounter Christ. Our training that we use at our center is called the Love Approach. Without this component, with nothing more, we are nothing more than brass symbols. That component is love. That's what Christ asks us to do. What's the greatest commandment? To love our neighbor as ourselves. As you move about your day, begin to see each person as God sees them. Meet the needs around you. These are the things that we have been called to do. May he break our hearts for what breaks his. Thank you. Thank you for sharing again from your heart. And uh, the issues that you've raised are very serious. The issues that you've raised, hi Jeffrey, uh, the issues that you've raised are spiritual. Yes. They aren't just medical yes. or sociological, yes. they're spiritual. And um, we just want to commit you again to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the victories that have been won, for the little lives that have been saved already through this ministry. We pray, Lord, that other uh, persons involved in crisis pregnancies would come to the Godparent Center, would experience the love of Jesus Christ, the support that is needed at many different levels. Lord, give wisdom to those who are making decisions, and may they choose life, Lord. Please, may they choose life. We think of adoption as has been raised and how uh, so many empty-armed parents would love to have a child to love and to raise and to care for and to teach. We pray, Lord, that empty arms in the Bahamas would find adoptive children. We think, Lord, of even Moses in the Old Testament, who was adopted out of um, a death factory that Pharaoh had established. Lord, thank you that there's many instances of how we see in Scripture that we are adopted, that we are brought into God's family as Gentiles because of our faith in the Lord Jesus and your amazing mercy and grace. So, Lord, be the strength, the wisdom, the guidance, the hope that uh, Rhonda and Jeffrey need in their own lives, 
as they uh, send Audra off to the blessing that she will be as a wife and someday a mother, excuse me, a mother right now, <laughs> and we pray, Lord, that uh, you would just give them all they have need of day into day to see you working in and through them, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory that is due your name, and God's people said, amen. Amen. Like amen. <laughs>